it, it all kind of comes back around. And it was where, you know, like over uh, Mike D'Angelo from Facilities kind of talked about at one of our meetings that he's got, I think it was like 1.2 million square feet of, of facilities, and, and the schools account for a million of that. I care for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet, WFPR.FM, and in the local Franklin Mass FM radio dial 102.9 here in studio again. There was a school committee meeting, actually a couple of them last week, so we've got our chalkboard chat today with school committee chair Dave Callahan. Yes, hey, thank you very much, and uh, with this last one we actually did play musical chairs, I kind of... It was, uh, it was a totally new perspective, kind of being in the center of the, the table. But uh, yeah, had the first full meeting as, uh, as the chair. And yes. Thanks again, though, for uh, this opportunity. Always appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, and schools, as we've talked, and people should be realizing, um, schools are rather important. And now that you're in the role, and certainly I appreciate you haven't spent time taking time to do this, now that we'd be able to continue with in your new role going forward, and then we can bring other members in over time that'll help and we that'll be important for the community as we go into the budget cycle because schools are important and the budget's important and we need to make some decisions so and when the, the you know let's talk about plenty before when you know schools take up you know like 50 55 percent of the total mm -hmm. budget like it's it's there's there's a lot a lot of questions that we want to make sure that we can kind of answer before you know budget season kind of comes around and we got a great new uh committee you know we got the the three of us uh, returning and four brand new individuals and i'm sure they'll love an opportunity to kind of get on here and, and chat and provide their perspective mm -hmm. about what they're looking to kind of bring or continue uh moving forward in the next term sure so we can cover the school committee meeting certainly that's one of the key pieces but you also had a workshop the night before which is germane to the operation of the school committee yeah, and so and it, this was something, it, it was uh, facilitated by MASC, the um, Massachusetts Association of School Committees. Right. And so we kind of had a, a field director, uh, Tracy Novick, from uh, over in Worcester, uh, mm -hmm. be able to kind of provide a great presentation. It's a good refresher for the returning members, but also uh, incredible, you know, really just laying the groundwork mm -hmm. uh, for the, the new members. We kind of talked about, like, the ethics. Uh, we talked about like it really open meeting law, yeah. uh, how to make sure not to, to violate that, mm -hmm. when's an appropriate time to kind of have some of the conversations, and just the overall like roles and responsibilities of becoming school committee. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's a lot different from, you could be watching for years and years and you can kind of be on, on TV or in the chambers, and uh, but all of a sudden when you're kind of on the other side of those conversations and those mm -hmm. decisions, you kind of have to, it's like, all right, you know, where, what exactly is my role? How far can I go? Right. And what are the things that I also, I, I can't as well. And, and sure. I think Tracy did a fantastic job of trying to kind of lay a lot of that groundwork for a lot of these new members. Yeah, and for the listeners as well, there's some nuances within the open meeting law. And the open meeting law certainly is meant to foster open meetings, broad discussions, transparency around what's going on. So there's no smoke room back uh, back office decisions being made but with a seven member committee and you have three members on a subcommittee two now becomes a quorum and that can potentially violate some open meetings so conversations really get 
kind of tight. You got to be careful what you do. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, because <laughs> it's and it doesn't it doesn't take much to all of a sudden just to kind of have you know just uh, you know conversation between you know me and and, right. and Dave McNeil, and uh, if all of a sudden we're on the same subcommittees, then yeah, it starts to venture mm -hmm. into that kind of category. Right. Uh, but it, it's a it's a great recommendation, and it was also when you talk about like, the nuances. I know before and uh, during the last term there was such a a fear of, of accidentally violating the open mean law that it was just sometimes we would just like run out of the room and be like right. no 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 like we you know we, we don't want to you know we don't want to show up to the you know like the the, uh, the musical at the high school right. all together because yeah. in case it, right. but it's like no here's the situation it's when uh, you know a quorum of school committee members are together and deliberating deliberation and is the, the key. key absolutely is the key because you can be at whether it's a basketball game football game concert any school event you could be at a town event and as long as there's no deliberation that's okay exactly and that's what i thought uh we had you know uh there was a great example uh by by tracy uh from masc when she's talking about that uh they're they're all together uh you know a, a full quorum of the school yep. committee over in worcester and they're they were at a, um, a basketball game and they were just talking about there was going to be a future agenda item to kind of add in that trainer and because they don't currently have one and then all of a sudden a student got injured a trainer from the opposing team came out to help and she was just about to say, hey, this is why we need that item, you know, moving forward. When all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait a minute. Like, we're here. There's a quorum of us to enjoy the basketball game, to cheer on for our team. But as long as we're just kind of keeping the conversations away from that mm -hmm. deliberation, right? we're golden. Yeah. And so it was a great uh, refresher to kind of have a lot of that. And, you know, for the new members, I think it hopefully kind of helped, you know, like uh, just to dispel some of that fog. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just, I mean, we can get into budgets further, but it was also interesting. Worcester, as big a department as they are, they don't have a trainer for their high school sports, and yet we do, at least at the high school level. So all things being equal, there's there's a significant difference between the two districts, if you will, and they're, they're you know, I, I, I'm not sure that there would be any real comparison between the two because Worcester certainly is a big city. Big budgets, big schools, and yet they don't have a trainer. I, that was a surprise too. So yeah, it was. Uh, it was just overall, yeah, I thought a really illuminating, you know, workshop, and uh, it, you know, hopefully a lot of the new members took a lot of, away mm -hmm. from it as well. And I'll just put a plug in. Uh, I was able to record the recording of the workshop. Did come out very well, so it is available on Franklin Matters Radio if people want to listen to it um, because it goes approximately ninety minutes. It won't be on the radio, unfortunately. <laughs> it, in a, in a one-hour time slot, the way we'd have to break it, it just it just wouldn't fit. But the podcast is available. Fantastic, and I got to say, you know, it was it was also wonderful in that workshop because we also had all of Central Office, you know, Lucas Shagir, the superintendent, and all of his team was was there, and you know, both as like the little team building, everybody you know kind sure. of gets to know each other because for the next two years we're going to be. I would say in the trenches, like, but there's there's going to be a lot of work, a lot of hard choices right. that we're going to have to make, right. and uh, so I, I really respected his team for kind of continuing to to stay well past mm -hmm. business hours, uh, and uh, to help along with that process mm -hmm. too. Yeah, and it's good that you're all effectively, no pun intended, on the same page, especially around some of those you know points of quorum, points of discussion, deliberation, things of that sort. 
not that they have to enforce, but at least they're aware so that may be able to avoid creating a situation that you could catch yourself in as well. So you're all on the same page, team building, it all works. And then that was Monday night. So Tuesday night you had your regular school committee meeting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it went, uh, I think it, it went rather well. Uh, and so, you know, we had, we kind of got into the, you know, that, that, that flow. That, the uh, yeah, exactly. You know, and it was, it was something where, you know, I, I felt in that first meeting, it was, it was new. There was a, the, the, mm -hmm. you know, the changing of the guards, but, uh, you know, now we're kind of getting into a pretty good rhythm. Uh, there was some great questions being asked from, from all members, but it's always exciting to kind of see it coming from the new members. You sure. know, I, I, I know, I, you know, I have a pretty good idea about what Al's going to ask. I have a good idea about what, you know, uh, Dave's going to say. And, uh, but so for some of those new members to kind of be like, all right, this is that new perspective that mm -hmm. they're going to bring. It's just, it's very exciting. It's just a lot of new energy, uh, which I'm, uh, I'm excited for. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. So you had a couple of presentations. Uh, Parmenter, I think, started off. Yeah. Parmenter kind of came, uh, we have, uh, principal, uh, Evan Chelman, who's, uh, He's not new to the district. He's new to the position now. He was uh, over in uh, Jefferson uh, for quite some time, and then we were able to grab him back, and now he's a principal over at Parmenter and just doing a fantastic job. And it's always great when we get to see these little showcases to mm -hmm. kind of see, you know, here's here's what we do. We you know, One of the things that they drop everything in play right? of just, you know, all right, this is it's exactly as it sounds. We're, we're going to go. We're going to do work. And now all of a sudden we're just going to going to drop everything into play. There's a couple little games that they're doing, and then they're, they're getting back into mm -hmm. that. Uh, in, into the rest of the, you know, the, the educational process. Yeah. But it's just, it's fantastic to kind of see what each new school district, uh, school uh, building district, yeah. brings yeah. to kind of, because again, you know, we've talked about it before, but there's that, there's that North Star that Lucas kind of lays out, mm -hmm. but everybody's able to kind of put their own swing on things. Right. Yeah. At least, at, certainly in my time reporting and in my time here, I've seen, we used to see the schools, especially amongst the elementaries, almost on different plateaus. <laughs> now, to the extent that there's certainly been the development, the reinforcement of the curriculum being approached the same way. And yeah, there's, there still can be some delivery nuances, delivery personalization for each of the schools. They've got their own unique personalities, mascots, etc., and, and cultures to that extent. And that's fine, but to the extent that especially as the, the elementaries then go to the middle school and you've got multiple middle schools and then having to prepare them to go to the high school and then by the time they get to the high school they should at least have as much as possible covered the same sets of curriculum mm -hmm. all along the way now granted during the pandemic <laughs> that was a different <laughs> set of circumstances so everybody for those two three years depending upon how you count it you know things were interrupted but it it now it seems like we're now starting to get back into that real rhythm and there's still some catch up there because it is what it is. Absolutely. And I think there's going to be, you know, catch up until all of those kids, you know, eventually kind of go and, and graduate high mm -hmm. school. But it's, it, it, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And also when you kind of talk about, it's a great, uh, about that, that consistency across the the levels was a great segue about the other presentation that we had was about the MCAS. Yes. And where they really kind of stressed that one of the lines I, I loved, uh, they kind of brought up was that MCAS is a way to measure a lot of the investments 
that mm -hmm. we're rolling out because there are a lot of like big investments. There's illustrative math, this math program that, that we purchased, and mm -hmm. uh, there's a literacy program that's kind of coming out too in the elementary levels that it's, it is able to kind of provide a consistency because when we go and we make this purchase for this brand new program, it's not just for Parmenter. You right. know, it's for sure. every single elementary Absolutely. school that we yeah. have. And so it really does help to, to raise the floor for every single one of those schools mm -hmm. that is out there. Yeah, and I think that was key because there was at least one specific slide, and I think it highlighted uh, as the cohort. So the grade three scores, and then they retested in grade five, and you could see the improvement. For yes. that class, and that was it was so exciting this time around, you know, to to see that the way that it was presented, because you can look at it and you can see the MCAS scores, and as we compare to the state, we're almost in every situation we're we're better than than the state mm -hmm. average, but to actually kind of look at it instead and say, all right, here was the the students as they performed in 2022, and then here's how they kind of performed the following year to really see a lot of that growth. Mm -hmm. Especially because when they, they, they zeroed in, initially they, they were talking about the math program. Sure. And they, they said, all right, yeah, this investment that we made in this brand new math program, here's the dividends. Here's, you, you talk about that, mm -hmm. that ROI, that return on investment. Here it is right now. And right. it was a dramatic increase in a lot of the MCAS testing. Sure. And, uh, but it was also at the same time where, you know, I know uh, sometimes, especially when it gets to, to MCAS, there's a, the notion of like teaching to the test. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, what I loved, and, and sometimes you kind of see that with some of the programs when they get rolled out, it's like, all right, are, are we just taking away complete autonomy? Mm -hmm. And now the teacher is just providing this, this program, but they were able to look at some of the MCAS data and recognize that in a couple of areas in, in the math section, we didn't see that same success. Mm -hmm. And they kind of looked into it and they said, all right, well, based on how this program that we purchased, you know, kind of operates, it's missing a couple of things, especially mm -hmm. it was more about the timing. Sure. The stuff that we're being tested on isn't taught, you know, using air quotes you, on the radio. But you, you may not have gotten, <laughs> some classes may not have gotten to it because of the f class structures during the year. Right, right, just like the flow of how it is. And sure. so they're, they're uh, you know, really kind of looking at it as like this iterative process mm -hmm. to say, all right, we still made this purchase and we still have this great program that is paying dividends, but it needs to be supplemented. And so they kind of went back to the drawing board. They got some teachers to kind of provide some additional supplements mm -hmm. just to continue to, to elevate the success of all of our students. Right. And I think the other key takeaway for me is, and certainly we see a lot of it in the media, um, rightly or wrongly, it's certainly an open, debatable point. We're willing to debate any time on that one or discuss any time because it's not really a debate. It's a discussion. But MCAS, as much as it is clearly... Uh, a test mechanism. It's only a data point in the portfolio of a student's progress. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a key piece that you as the school committee are going to continue to foster that discussion because as much as it is out there, should we have the MCAS test? Should the requirements still be there for the 10th graders to pass in order to graduate? I mean, all those are valid discussion questions, but it's only one piece of the entire you know, uh, process of, and granted, that's the other program where you're you're pulling in all those data points and providing the teachers with the multiple data points to make that analysis, to make that drill down a little bit easier. Exactly, and I that I think it was it was Dr. Rogers uh, who had that line about it's it's one data point along the your academic journey. Mm -hmm. 
I, I swear, I, I told that to my daughter <laughs> already like two or three times since she said it just last week as we're, you know, we, we got one test or we got, the, uh, you know, a big homework assignment and, and we're stressing about it. And I was like, the assistant superintendent said that MCAS and these other tests are just one data point right. along. It's not the end all be all, no. but it's, it's helpful guidelines to sure. be able to kind of use that data and along with a whole litany of other data mm -hmm. and be able to kind of make some of those assessments and judgments. You know, there was one thing too, uh, uh, Lucas, uh, his credit, when we were talking about a lot of the programs that mm -hmm. we offered, uh, so, you know, to kind of harken back to last budget season, yes, when we were uh, going through the capital uh, requests. Yeah, with the and, literacy program. Yeah, the literacy program, it was that we were really just trying to get as much money as we could because yep. it was about $300,000 covered one year, but then as you continue to add on more years, it would um, really see like the, the cost per year yeah. could be yeah. less. The, the marketing of some of the academic programs, that, that's another whole story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the reality was, I mean, you needed effectively some more dollars to get a better buy effectively and through a grant which I think was his point. Yep. We, you did get the money, so now we have it for, what is it, the three years for, as opposed to a one year? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, now it's, it's uh, and it's, a, uh, there's talk, I think even possibly even stretching it a little bit further out to maybe mm -hmm. make it like a full five-year thing, so like a true capital investment that we're true. making. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're, and it was Dr. Frazier who was presenting the whole thing, and, you know, to his credit, never once mentioned it, never once <clears> kind of brought it up, <throat> just mm -hmm. said we, we made this purchase, but Lucas really kind of said, like, no, 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 you know, Dr. Frazier secured $200,000 uh, that the the town of Franklin just effectively really doesn't have mm -hmm. uh, and was able to, to stretch it from a one-year program to this multi-year program that is going to be able to, just like what we saw with the math, really just continue to, to pay dividends for mm -hmm. our students. Lots of goodness there. Yeah, and I think maybe one thing, too, just for, for the listeners, when, they, when we talk about some of the programs that... You know, if, if in case you don't have a, a student, uh, you know, your kiddo's not in, in school anymore, one of the things, like with the illustrative math program, this is like the workbook that kind of comes home with them, mm -hmm. you know, peer, that you'll you'll see in their backpack. Right. This, you know, it's sometimes, you know, it's like an inch and a half thick uh, that just cover a wide range of, in this case, like math problems mm -hmm. and just give some great examples, some little, you know, snippets about some helpful refreshers and reminders mm -hmm. that the students are able to kind of work on both in class and at home that eventually they'll kind of come back with them. So, uh, you know, when we kind of talk about some of the money that's involved with a lot of these, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of physical uh, documents and, right. you know, uh, trainings, supplemental materials yeah. that the kids are working on. But it's also the, the licensing for programs. It's the training that goes into helping the teachers kind of provide, utilize mm -hmm. these uh, the best. Yeah, we probably should spend some time in an episode at some point. I mean, because most of us, and I'll say most, certainly of the taxpayers and residents, whether mid-range and or seniors, the classroom, especially, we used to have all kinds of hard copy books, hardcover books. And that was one of the things at the beginning of the year. You had to put a book cover on your books to take care of them, etc. Now it's tablets and Chromebooks mm -hmm. and the licensing effectively has taken the place of the book cost because it's all digital. Right. It's a totally and different world and yet the educational content is more accessible, hopefully more amenable, 
easily adjusted and augmented over time as opposed to back in the day when it was Mimeo copies. <laughs> and <laughs> well, and I, I still remember it was in like fifth grade and we saw a world history book that talked about East and West Germany. Mm -hmm. and, 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 but that was the current section of it. That was the, the world, you know, like here, here's, here's, you know, after World War II, it kind of led to this. And this is the world in which Germany now lives in. And uh, even as a kid, I was like, I, I think that's a little outdated. Right. Well, the benefit of a lot of these licenses, a lot of these programs is there isn't that that outdatedness anymore. Right. As, as world events, you know, transpire, as things change. We're very, you know, they're able to go and just continue to, to make those updates so that way the students are learning real time about real world events that are happening. Things have moved along a little bit faster. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and the world continues to be dynamic. You know, maps are changing, maybe not every day, but frequently yeah. enough. <laughs> and it's, you know, and, and yeah, just in a, in a bigger picture too, it's just, it's because the world is changing so rapidly. Mm -hmm. it's, so important and that's where you know we're still we're working on that a comprehensive uh facilities and really like a visioning to take a look at the next 10 years of mm -hmm. what it's going to require to educate a student right. because the, the yeah the skills that that we had when we went to school sure. even the, the skills from just 10 years ago uh you know aren't some of them aren't aren't in that high of a demand and there's mm -hmm. a lot of new opportunities that are kind of coming around the corner that we want to make sure that our students are are best aligned for when when a lot of that right. does happen and that's where it, when it comes to a school room environment the kind of the room with the rows of desks like it used to be it may be that the best and it, having seen a number of classrooms it may change amongst the grade levels um, but there may be more clustering mm -hmm. of the desks or more work common work areas so what is the space in quote the average classroom an average truly being just an average but then for an average class as opposed to some of the special ed programs which we've talked about if you're going to have 20 25 in a special ed program you may only have six or ten right so the, the room capacity requirements change significantly and then you have to do that at that detail level and then marry that up to say okay what do we know that we know <laughs> is going to be, what do we plan for for the 10 years based upon what we know today? Exactly. And there's, there's a lot of, a lot of work ahead of us with, with that committee as the, as the, the chair, I got the opportunity to kind of select and, and work with my vice chair to figure out which, you know, those committee assignments, I'm firmly sticking with the comprehensive, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, planning and envisioning. And so uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to a lot of the work that's going to be coming uh, over the coming months uh, and even honestly years as we continue to, to, to build that foundation and then start to kind of put a lot of those pieces into it to, to make it all work. And I think we've talked offline, but we're, while we're recording this, it will come out uh, December 13th. There's a facilities deep dive at the finance committee meeting. So for listeners, it may not have a whole lot of detail because your program and study is not ready, but to the extent that facilities and finance will be doing a deep dive on facilities. Those two are inter interrelated. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so that would be a good meeting to at least, if you don't go, watch the YouTube after or listen to the recording. Hopefully I'll be able to make it available. Um, that'll be some information that certainly will come to play in your program development as it goes. Of course, no, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be uh, there in attendance uh, myself. And so I'm sure we'll be chatting about it during another <laughs> episode of Chalkboard Chats, because it's, it, it all kind of comes back around and it was where you know like over uh mike d'angelo from facilities kind of talked about at one of our meetings that 
he's got, I think it was like 1.2 million square feet of, of facilities, and, and the schools account for a million of that. And so it's, we're a, a huge footprint uh, within the facilities. And right. so a lot of the conversations that they're going to be having are going to have a tremendous impact on the direction that we're going to be moving. So sure. I think it's going to be very enlightening, and I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. Good. And uh, so we, we got the next one on uh, December 12th, next school committee meeting, the last uh, last one for the year. Before then we get into the Christmas break, holiday break, exactly. come back in the new year. But at least on the on the 12th, we'll be able we'll have the full committee assignments for, for everybody, for all the subcommittees, for the budget and policy. And so uh, with the idea that, uh, you know, we'll really be able to kickstart the new year. As soon as January comes around, all those committees should be in full mm -hmm. swing because there's, there's a lot of work on all fronts and uh, wanna make sure that we can really start to, you know, we're not behind the eight ball too, mm -hmm. too far. Yeah, no, that's it's good to know and I'll be able to plan accordingly, at least be able to plan for extra meetings in January when the subcommittee meeting schedule start <laughs> coming out, as opposed to having to worry about it during the holidays. So everybody will have fun, <laughs> that'll be good. Because <laughs> I do try to make as many as I can, especially on the school side, and although depending upon the scheduling and you know, when there are so many meetings, uh, two or three on a night, sometimes in the same place, sometimes at a half an hour spot. I'm fortunate that TV is able to broadcast at least two of those and maybe I'll go to the third. <laughs> I can't go to all of them. It's just physically impossible to do that, so. But always appreciate it because there's so much that, you know, I feel like sometimes the, the, the Tuesday night meetings mm. at the school committee, that's where we're just, we're presenting all that work. Correct. You know, we're presenting the final product but it's during those subcommittees where some of the, you know, the, the bigger, during the budget, where the big decisions are, are getting made. Yeah, and during the, the policy ones, yeah. where we're actually rewriting the policy and making the substantial changes, that then just kind of goes and, and obviously gets, it still gets vetted and still gets reviewed at those Tuesday meetings. But it's at the, the subcommittee levels where so much of the, the groundwork uh, happens. And uh, so always, always thankful whenever you're able to. Mm -hmm. To be there to provide a recording because even when I'm the one I, I can't I can't make you them all. You can't make either. them all either. <laughs> and so it's always great to be able to listen after the fact or, or read your Twitter uh, recap as well. I appreciate yep. that. That's that's the whole reason to do it to create create the info so that people can be aware because that's that's how we we can go forward informed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, thank you for taking time to do the recap of the workshop and then of the school committee meeting. And yes, we've got one more meeting, so we'll save the holiday greetings for after that. But <laughs> things are busy enough as it is. <laughs> yes, they are. But uh, yeah, really, I thank you as always. Uh, and uh, again, you know, to all the listeners, if you ever have any questions, never hesitate to, to reach out. Always happy to answer anything, you know email or just when you see me walking around town mm -hmm. coffee yep and in the show notes the info is there certainly you can go to the school committee page it has the info for all the committee members uh for their contact info as well so thank you again and for the listeners final reminder quick reminder that we do this because franklin matters we are now producing this in collaboration with franklin tv and franklin public radio this podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. 
If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. And by the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.